welcome to Hairstylist Rising podcast. Together, we are going to dive deep into mindset, marketing, and finding fulfillment in this beautiful industry. I'm your host, Jody Brown, and I am a hairstylist veteran turned online entrepreneur and mindful marketing mentor just for beauty pros. No topic is off limits. We are going to pull back the curtain and discover the success secrets of hairstylists that are rising. Hi, and welcome to the Hairstylist Rising podcast. We are going to be talking about a super interesting topic today that I cannot wait to dive into. So as you know, we chat about branding and marketing and business and all the things on this podcast a lot. But what we haven't talked about before is how you can achieve success if maybe you don't live in a city where all the marketing techniques and all the traditional methods maybe aren't as effective. So I am super excited to welcome my guest, Casey Taylor. She is a hairstylist, salon owner, and mentor just for small town hairstylists with big goals and dreams. Welcome to the show, Casey. I'm so excited to have you. Oh my gosh. Thank you, Jody. I'm so excited to be on here with you. I know that we have some really actionable tips and strategies that you're going to walk my listeners through today. So I cannot wait. Can you give us a little bit of a sneak peek on that? And then we'll we'll learn a little bit more about your story. Yeah, so I um, I am from a small town myself and I have really kind of played my cards in a lot of different marketing strategies over the years. And I've kind of figured out what actually works in small towns versus what, you know, is always marketed to us as hairstylists as being, you know, the end all be all for marketing strategies. I love this. So we're going to go and do something a little bit different. And Casey is going to walk us through the three key steps to finding success as a small town stylist. And I am so excited because I know Casey personally, and she is a total badass and has built an amazing business. So I feel very, very excited and very privileged that she is joining us today and sharing some of her secrets. So Casey, I would love to hear how you got your start in the industry a little bit. Um, So where, how long have you been in the industry? Where did you start? Did you always know you wanted to be a hairstylist? Kind of give us some background on how you got started. Yeah, so um, I can't say that I was one of those kids that necessarily grew up always knowing they wanted to do hair. Um, From a young age, it was always pushed to me that you have to go to college, you need to get a degree. And so I would always like think about what I would do with my life with a degree. Mm -hmm. And I was always interested in hair, though. I would watch countless hours of YouTube videos on how to braid, how to do updos. I was like, the girl in school that did everybody's hair for prom, like it was well known that I was good at hair at school. So it really should have been no shocker that I went to cosmetology <laughs> school. But um, kind of from the moment I decided my senior year of high school that I was going to go to cosmetology school, I definitely have a lot of pushback from other teachers, friends and family that just really didn't understand why I wasn't going to college. Right. Um, so I did end up going to cosmetology school, though, in 2013, obviously, um, and kind of the pushback didn't stop there, though. My instructors weren't always necessarily the most supportive of being a hairstylist in a small town. I think some of them were kind of bitter about their own experiences, mm-hmm. and they would just tell us, 
oh, well, you'll never be able to build a clientele in a small town. It's too oversaturated of a market. There's too many salons here, not enough clients to go around. Like if you really want to be successful, you're going to have to go to a big city. So I, yeah, like I definitely kind of took on that thought process. And so whenever I graduated cosmetology school, I thought, oh, well, I'm going to have to move to a big city. Mm -hmm. And I tried that. (laughs) It didn't work out. And then I got a job in the next town over that was still bigger than mine. But just driving, you know, spending hours on the road every day, it was just exhausting. And it just didn't feel right to me. And so that's whenever I kind of realized, like, you can actually be successful wherever you are. Um, So I became a booth rental stylist in my small town and really grew my business like way beyond what I could have ever imagined. And then I opened up my own salon in 2018. And here we are today. That is such a cool story. And it's so interesting that you got, you got told by the people that were supposed to be inspiring you in this industry that there was no way you were going to be successful in a small town. I know it was definitely very discouraging at the time. Um, I could go on and on about all the bad advice I got in cosmetology mm-hmm. school. Um, the town that I went to cosmetology school in was way smaller even than the town that I currently live in. Mm-hmm. And so they definitely had kind of just that small town mindset. And they really just had not been given any examples of what was actually possible yeah. in their small town. And I think that's kind of what held them back from seeing the potential in us as students too. Well, I think that people generally see the world through the, through the lens of what they have been exposed to, right? So um, I know like I worked in a small town for a really short period of time in my early 20s as a booth renter as well. And yeah, it was pretty much just accepted. Like I know two of the girls that were my age, everyone else is quite a bit older. They both moved to a big city for that exact reason. Like it was just kind of accepted. And I, I'll admit, I definitely was like, yeah, like I set my prices just based on whoever was next to me in the chair. There was no real, there was a lot of fear. I remember about like, you know, doing something different or is it one of the main things I remember is like, oh, is it worth it to invest in this new training or this new thing? Um, and like I said, I was probably only there for like four months. (laughs) Um, I moved back to the city I was from, but I do remember there was a lot of of scarcity mentality because of the fact that that was what had happened up until then. So no one was really willing to be the first person to step outside the box at that time. And that's what I think is really cool about what you have achieved is that it really is showing other stylists in small towns that no, actually success is possible. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I think we've all been guilty of kind of thinking like, oh, what does our small town have to offer? Um, I, every single person I went to high school with was just counting down the days till they can get out of the town. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, before you know it, half of us ended up back in our small town where we (laughs) thought we would never end up at. Yep. But, you know, I think being in a small town, the number of times I've heard, well, you can't do that here Mm -hmm. is countless. Yeah. Um, and it, it really is kind of a mindset thing. And like you said before, people only know kind of what they've been exposed to. And so I think that's why 
so many of my friends and family were really discouraging of me picking cosmetology school yeah. over going to college because they had not seen an example of a stylist who had been really successful in their small town before. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I think this extends to even like potential clients as well, because, you know, like, oh, I think a cons uh, really common refrain that I hear from stylists in small towns, like, oh, people here won't pay that. And I think that's the thing, too, is like, or maybe there just hasn't been the experience that's worth paying that yet. So it's not just like uh, us as stylists that have to have a little bit of a mindset reframe, but just realizing that when you introduce something new, like that's going to expose your town to a whole new thing as well, right? Oh, definitely. I mean, there are so many, you know, from a client's perspective, so many clients think that, well, in our small town, there's nobody that does offer these services. Mm -hmm. So if you kind of like shift and think about these clients, I know half of the people in my town usually leave and go to a city to get their hair done. Yep. Um, that was just what they did. Like if they wanted a nicer, more luxurious service, they would go to the city. And then if they wanted kind of like a more traditional, like basic highlight type service, they would stay in the town. Mm -hmm. um, and so there's kind of like that mindset shift of what is capable and what is available in your small town. And being the first person to do something can feel really scary. Mm -hmm. So how did you work through that? That I'm so interested to hear, like, what was it that that made you finally realize, like, no, actually, I can do things differently and I don't have to kind of abide by the status quo. What was that first step like? Because I can imagine that must have been really scary. Yeah, um, there have been a lot of first steps towards creating the business that I have today. And so I think a lot of it were baby steps along the way. You know, I didn't just start off one day and I'm like, okay, I'm going to charge these prices and I'm only going to do these services. And these are the only types of clients that I'm going to do. You know, you start off by, you do a little bit of everything. And I think most people do. Like when you first become a hairstylist, you kind of do all the services, the haircuts, the roller sets, whatever. Ooh, um, totally. You start off there. And then like, as I built up my clientele, and I was hosting all of the fun stuff I was doing, like the balayages and the extensions, I kind of realized like I was attracting those clients mm -hmm. and people would kind of have the aha moment clients as well. Like, oh, wait, like you can do that here in Lindell. Like you work here in our small town and you do those services. And so I think it was like getting those clients on board and then really kind of seeing like, no, I can do just as much as a stylist in any other town. And if I'm offering those services, then I, in those experiences, then I should be able to charge those prices as well. Absolutely. So do you think that investing in yourself came first? Or do you think that the success that you had is what gave you the confidence to start investing in yourself? Oh, no, it was definitely investing in myself first, which I know is so scary. Um, for a long time in the beginning of my career, I was really hesitant to invest in a lot of education because it's kind of like, well, who's going to want that here? Um, I held back on offering extension services for a long time because I was like, well, the hand-tied heated row extensions are so expensive mm -hmm. and, you know, there's such a high price point to buy into it. And I was really afraid that people in my small town wouldn't want to do that. Um, 
But then I just kind of went for it. And then I feel like after I invested in that and I started seeing that people really did want those services in my small town, it kind of encouraged me to invest more and especially investing in more like business-based education was really a big turning point for me and kind of like starting to treat my business more like a business rather than just a hairstylist. Oh, I love that. And I completely agree. I think that the investing in the business education is something that's relatively new, I feel, in our industry, but is possibly the biggest game changer. Oh, for sure. I mean, it just gives you a totally different perspective and mindset of how you approach how you're treating your business behind the chair. Yeah, absolutely. And then you're being surrounded by, you know, like maybe, maybe there aren't other stylists in your small town that have, you know, these, these businesses set up in a way that is like really profitable and really fulfilling. But once you start entering education and spaces with other stylists and other people, then you really, again, it's being exposed to that what's possible. And that I think is a really key element for growth in business. A thousand percent. I think community makes all the difference in what you're able to achieve in your business. Like you have to surround yourself with people who understand where you're coming from, Mm -hmm. who are actually in it with you and that can support you and you can support them. It really makes a big difference. Amen. I love that. All right. I am going to ask you to walk my listeners through those three key steps to success as a small town stylist. Yes. So I love talking about this on your podcast journey because I know how much you focus on marketing and branding. You're literally the expert in that. And honestly, there's a lot of that that goes into small town marketing as well. Mm -hmm. And so in my like little guide here that I have these three key steps, um, the very first part of those key steps, step one is really defining who you are as a stylist and kind of establishing your brand. I love and, you know, branding is so much more than colors and fonts and, you know, logos. It's like your core values. How do you want your clients to feel when they're in your chair? What services do you specialize in? Um, and going from that, like once you have that perspective of who you are behind the chair, it's going to make your marketing so much better. And step two is being searchable. So I know we all hear about Instagram, Mm -hmm. how to market yourself on Instagram as a hairstylist. You know, that's kind of like our most popular platform, right? Totally. And I think you can totally use Instagram in a small town, but I also believe that small town clients are not necessarily using social media the exact same way that everyone else is, especially in a big city. That makes sense. So yes, like hashtags, as much as I love them, they're not helping me attract clients in my small town because I've actually pulled my own clients. They have no idea that you could actually like search hashtags on Instagram, (laughs) like a very small percentage, even though that was a thing that you could do. So, and a lot of them aren't even on Instagram. Right. And I have found that in small towns, Facebook is king. It is the end all be all of social media platforms, whether you love to subscribe to, you know, the kind of political aspect of Facebook or whatever, Mm -hmm. it really is kind of like the main platform that I notice a lot of small towns use. 
to find other local businesses. I could definitely see And that. so, yes. And like also thinking about Google, like what's the first thing you do when you need to find something in small towns? And I think in general, <laughs> we like to Google things. So um, I really kind of encourage everybody to consider what platforms are the biggest for your area. Like really kind of think about what would your client actually be using? People local, what are they actually using to find local businesses? And how to just kind of make sure that you're searchable on those platforms. That makes a lot of sense, actually, because... I think for like bigger cities, yes, absolutely. Like we're searching hashtags and all that kind of stuff. But um, when I think to like when I visit my parents in their small town, yeah, I, do, I don't look on Instagram for because like I think it's kind of like a ripple effect. Like the businesses are like, well, people aren't using it, so they're not using it. So it's just it, it just is a non-starter. So I think it's really smart to figure out where your clients are and approach them from that angle as opposed to getting them onto a platform that they don't already use. Yeah, and I think like you definitely can still use Instagram to grow your business, but I think you have to be realistic about how people are using Instagram because they're using it differently. They're not searching hashtags. So you have to be a little bit more focused on maybe like if you have that client that comes in that's kind of a small town celebrity, tagging them in your posts yeah. so that they can share it to their stories because that's how things are going to spread. You know, long-term, Instagram is slowly getting bigger in yeah. small towns. It just takes a lot longer for things to reach us out in the middle of nowhere. So <laughs> as it grows and evolves, you know, we will be able to use some of these new features. Yeah. But, you know, kind of figuring out how to use it in a way that it's going to be approachable and actually effective for your area. I love that. What are your thoughts on geotagging for exposure in small towns? Um, I have geotagged some things. You know, it doesn't hurt to go ahead and do it, right? Mm -hmm. You're not going to lose anything by geotagging your small town. But I also have not seen anybody really you know, using the geotags to find clients. Now, I will say I'm in a growing small town and, you know, we have new people moving here from the city. You know, things are growing and kind of shifting in how we use things. Um, but I, I don't notice a lot of people using geotags to find their stylist. Okay, that makes sense. And then um, for my third step is really just getting involved. So small towns are all about community. They love supporting local. Um, they love seeing businesses involved in the town. And so I really think, you know, you have to show up and like be seen. And networking in today's world, you know, this, I'm not saying go out, pass out your business cards to everybody you see <laughs> on the street. Like <laughs> I remember being taught that when I first was in cosmetology school and yeah. like, it's the most uncomfortable, awkward thing ever. <laughs> you know, I think we can be a lot more targeted and um, a little bit more authentic in how we market ourselves. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't feel so pushy. But just like volunteering with um, local kind of community service events or being in your local parade, like 
you know, it's things don't necessarily have to be hair related. Yeah. But in small towns, I think it's important for them to see you actually invested in the community because these small town clients, they don't want you to just be there as a business that wants to take their money. They want to make sure that you are somebody who wants to invest in them and that you actually care about the community as well. I love that. And I could definitely see how that would be super, super effective. Um, And not just as a marketing strategy, but honestly, just to kind of like get your business. I feel like that's how you become um, more of like a pillar of your community versus just a business. Exactly. And, you know, like small towns, like you have school sports, like Football, oh my gosh, huge deal, especially in small town East Texas. <laughs> we love our football. Yeah. Like you can go to a sporting event. And I don't think you have to go to events or anything in your community that don't feel authentic to you. Like, you know, you're not going to be attracting the clients that you want if you're just there, just with this ulterior motive of wanting to gain clients. But definitely like, showing up and being involved in things that you actually are interested in being involved in, I think is going to, you know, get your face in the community. And then when you're showing up and being involved, they really like grow to trust you that much more. I love that. And, you know, I'll say too, just from the perspective of someone who focuses a lot on, you know, the online world, that I think that networking in a small town can be, you know, like you can also use maybe Instagram, if that's your platform of choice, to do things like support local businesses through Instagram. Like that's something that I, this was not in a small town, but um, when I was like starting to really grow my business, um, there were on using Instagram, which I've talked about before on the podcast, but reaching out to like photographers and things like that, like co-hosting um, giveaways or even just like, you know, showing support on each other's um, on each other's Instagram pages or Facebook pages or in each other's businesses. Like all of that kind of stuff can be a great way to ingrain yourself into a community as well. Oh my gosh. Yes, that's so true. I've, I know I've teamed up with um, a lot of local businesses for giveaways and even like styled shoots. Um, a lot of photographers will do these styled shoots where, you know, they do the photos, a local boutique donates a dress for us to borrow. You have the local florist involved. And then like, if you can get in and be the stylist that does the hair for that or the makeup for mm-hmm. that or whatever you specialize in, And then everybody's collaborating with each other. And then you're able to like kind of recommend each other, like other businesses that you've used. Like I know a lot of people, since I do bridal hair, I do not do bridal makeup. I have clients who message me about wanting makeup services. And then I can refer them to whoever did the makeup for this local style Mm -hmm. shoot. Um, You know, like vendors can recommend each other. Totally. And I think that's like such a great way to you know, get involved and just become, again, part of that community. I know that, um, I I know that like, there's something that just really feels good about supporting other local businesses and people want to reciprocate that as well. So if you're a stylist who's in a small town, like patronize other local businesses. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, even, you know, 
like think of businesses that are really like kind of the pillar of your community and that are, you know, really involved and they're active and wanting to grow the community. Uh, they really usually have kind of this like great kind of, um, what is the word I'm looking for? Uh, reputation in town. And so if you can get in with those businesses, like you also think about like the people who own those businesses are the people that have the reputation in town. So they need hairstylists too. like work with them, like maybe um, get them in your chair. And then even if they're just a local restaurant owner, they could still be um, referring clients to you as well. Absolutely. And business owners need hairstylists too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think like we recently had a new gas station open up. So random, right? <laughs> like, but everybody needs gas. Yep. And this local um, gas station owner. So we had in Texas, there was like this huge snowstorm that like wiped everybody out. We didn't have power for a week. It was really crazy. And he was like, he had milk and stuff in his gas station. So he was like giving out groceries and everything. So he kind of became this like small town hero. Wow. And I do his wife's hair. And so because I do his wife's hair, she's also a small town hero. (laughs) And, you know, like just having those types of connections has like brought people into our business. Um, We even have like the local funeral home. Mm -hmm. Um, The funeral director's daughter comes to our salon. And if we do her hair and we tag her in a post on Facebook or Instagram, wherever, and she shares that, I'm telling you, we get flooded with messages. And uh, it's because they just, they know everybody in town and they have good reputations with everybody in town. And that's really kind of, you know, referrals are definitely kind of like the best clients to get. It's like the modern day version of referrals. Totally. It almost like when I'm listening, I'm like, this almost sounds like a micro version of influencer marketing. Yeah. Yeah. Just the small town version of it. Yeah. But it's like even more, I I think like in a small town, there's even more, um, I can't think of the right word, but like that, that influence is like more concentrated, right? So if you have someone who's like a pillar of your community and they come to you, then yeah, that's going to have like a lot of reach in a small town for sure. Definitely. And like things travel fast in a small town. And even just like thinking of social media and thinking about Facebook, it kind of had me thinking about like the local mom groups on Facebook. Mm -hmm. I know I see so many stylists who are like, oh, I don't want any clients from those local mom groups because they're always asking for, I want to be platinum blonde and I have flops dye and I have $50 and (laughs) it has to be on a Saturday at like two o'clock and I need it done today, whatever. You know, like all these unrealistic expectations and a lot of these posts that people are searching for in these local mom groups. Mm -hmm. But I always say you never know who's lurking in the comments. That's so true. So I mean, I remember my mom used to tag me in every single one of those posts and I'd be like, oh, this is not a client I want. (laughs) But I have like really structured my you know, Facebook page in a way that when people would tag my Facebook page in the comments of those posts, that, you know, potential client who would not necessarily be a potential client for me, they might check it out and they'd be like, oh yeah, no, this girl, 
like her prices are listed. That's too expensive. Mm -hmm. That's not for me. Um, but somebody else who did not make a post is like searching through those comments and they're seeing that other people are recommending you. Yep. So then they're going to go to your page and maybe you're the perfect stylist for them. Ooh, I love that. Okay. So knowing that Facebook is important, can what, what are a couple tips that you can give for maximizing your Facebook page as a small town stylist? I mean, I believe like across all platforms, the main things you need are a set yourself up as a business page. Like mm -hmm. do not just have your personal page. A business page is really going to help legitimize you as a business. hundred um, percent. I really recommend having um, your name on your business page, like actually be your name, mm -hmm. not just like, um, like, for example, my salon is Ash and Gold Beauty Studio. Mm -hmm. I, although I do have a salon page, this Ash and Gold Beauty Studio, I'm getting clients from my personal page that says Casey Taylor Stylist. Right. So having your name, even if you're a salon owner, you can have two separate pages, but having your name in there is going to help legitimize you as a business. Um, and then also having your picture. So simple things that honestly go across all platforms, like having your name, having your picture, uh, things that just really humanize you as a brand are going to be what helps people like want to make connections with you. I love that. So the last question I have for you, as a small town stylist, because you and I, we've talked about this before, about how important it is to have a website as a beauty pro. Do you think it is important as a small town stylist to have a website? Or do you think that it's less important? What are your thoughts on that? I almost think it's more important in a way, um, as, or equally as important. Mm -hmm. Websites are huge. And it's often a thing that a lot of stylists, especially in small towns, kind of overlook, right? They're like, well, yeah. I have a Facebook business page or I have an Instagram. Mm -hmm. um, but a lot of them don't do a website. And the thing is, like a lot of people are Google searching mm -hmm. for local businesses. Um, and even if they are finding you on Facebook, you can also have your websites linked to your Facebook. And it just legitimizes your business so much. I totally I also, agree. I love that. And I also think it kind of like adds to the client experience. Um, you had a podcast and might have even, it's pretty recently mm -hmm. about talking about how the client experience begins at the time of booking, which yes. I think is so true. And having a website that really kind of lays out your booking process is going to add to that client experience. I totally agree. And I think the thing is, and I, my personal opinion on why you have been so successful, aside from the fact that you're immensely talented, of course, is because you have elevated not just the hair that your clients are getting, but you've elevated the experience that your clients are getting. And you've almost set a new bar and made yourself um, not just one of many options, but the only option for that level of service in your town. So I think that that is such an important differentiator to think about is if you are just kind of swimming in a pond and doing the same thing as everyone else, they can pretty much just pick any anyone out of that pond and it's all going to be comparable. 
if you create something that is unlike anything else that's available, then you're the only option. And I think that that is a beautiful place to be. Exactly. Yeah. So fun fact, Miranda Lambert is from my small town. And of course, the town loves to brag about that. Oh, yeah. Which is a whole other story. (laughs) But she has um, this song that and she says, everybody's famous in a small town. Yeah. And it's so true. Everybody's famous in a small town. But the beauty of being in a small town is you have an advantage to Mm -hmm. stand out. So even if you can level up your services, just a little bit, Mm -hmm. like take things to the next level by just a little bit, that's going to help set you apart from everybody else. I love that. That's so amazing. Is there anything else, any other like tips that you want to throw out or anything that you want to chat about before we close out this episode? Because I think this has been so amazing. Oh, it's been so fun. Honestly, the last little tidbit I would just love to share is if you are a stylist in a small town, do not be afraid of standing out. Do not be afraid of doing things differently because everything they say you can't do and everything that makes you different are going to be the exact reasons why you're successful in your small towns. I love that. So good. Thank you so much for joining me today, Casey. Where can people go to find out more about you? Yeah, so you can find me on Instagram at Casey Taylor Stylist. um, Or I also have my website, Casey Taylor Stylist. And if you want to learn more about the three key steps that I shared, I have a whole freebie that you can dive way deeper into it at CaseyTaylorStylist.com slash freebie. Amazing. Thank you so much, Casey. I'm sure this will not be the last time you're on the podcast. (laughs) Awesome. Thank you so much, Jody.